0: It's the Friendly Fire Show episode 149 for the end of 2019. Ben, we've made it. We
1: have finally, and we've got some very exciting news.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's um, a new
1: Xbox next year. That's far more exciting than anything else we could possibly talk about. So definitely. let's jump straight into it, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, so at the Game Awards 2019, we got a name for Project Scarlet. That name is Xbox Series X, um, which kind of sucks right now, I think, but maybe will make more sense in a year what do you think? I think so.
1: Uh, initially I hated it and I'm still not sold on it because I'm going to have an Xbox one X and an Xbox series X is too close for your average grandparent going in to buy a game. It's, it's going to be confusing. Um, but when I rewatched the trailer just before we did this, it looked to me like it's just called Xbox and this model is series X in I the agree. same way that you get an iPhone 10 or iPhone 11 or whatever. It's just iPhone and that's the model. So I think it is, it's is—it's not as crazy as as it looks initially. What do you think?
0: I think that's precisely... You've hit the nail on the head there. I think its it's an Xbox. It will forever be known as Xbox. And Xbox will also mean, you know, the games that you're playing on PC and it's that whole like as-a-service mentality. And it's going to be a little bit of a weird transition right now as we move from the Xbox One X to the Series X. But then we're also probably going to see, I reckon, before the holiday 2020 season the diskless, maybe underpowered version of the Xbox, which will be Series S, theoretically, and then you would kind of just assume that moving forward, there's going to be whatever Xbox generation there is, the high-power one and the low-power one, and they're always just going to be called S and X, seemingly, which will make more yeah, sense so. down the line, but it'll take a little bit of getting used to right now. I think it's a good idea. I was kind of fighting for Xbox I think it's... just being the name and things like Xbox infinite yeah. or something don't make any sense because you can't go from 360 to one to infinite. Like where the hell do you go from there? So
1: it's very much in the style of, we're going to have regular hardware revisions. We're not going to go seven years with just one refresh. I think in two years time, there'll be another Xbox um, and it'll either be the series X2 or it'll be the series something else. Um, In the same way that you update your phone a lot. So, you know, Samsung has the Galaxy line. I think it would be similar to that. Um, And, yeah, that's what they're going for. PlayStation will do exactly the same thing, but they have a cleaner brand already, and there's there's nothing Xbox can do about that. They can't go to Xbox 5 and skip 4. They did it with Windows, but they're not going to do it with Xbox. So they (laughs) can't have as good of a name as as PlayStation has.
0: Yeah. Well, and, like, there's always going to be a PS5 and a PS5. Pro in theory, so it's, I don't know Like it, it makes sense, once you get used to the idea just like people are used to the idea with iPhones now, and like like an iPad, I don't know what iPad naming conventions are like, but to me it's just like, that's an iPad, that's, that's the new iPad, yeah. it's the newest iPad it's the newest iPad, I think we'll get used to it um, we'll get into its specs and stuff in, to, a, to, to a certain degree in a second but I thought we should talk about what it looks like first, and what The controller looks like. Uh, I guess we'll start with the the Xbox itself. It's basically an obelisk, which I think is neat. Um, So it's about the same width as an Xbox controller and probably three to three and a half times as high. And we've seen it in that um, vertical orientation, but Microsoft has confirmed you can put it on its side in a horizontal configuration like most of us are used to doing in our TV entertainment units. Um, What Mm. do you think of of this kind of simplistic yet kind of trendy approach that they've taken for this uh, generation of Xbox?
1: The first time I saw it, I hated it. I thought that looks horrible. It looks like a PC. It's never going to fit under my TV and it still won't. Either way, I've I've measured using an Xbox controller uh, and it won't fit even horizontally in the slot that my Xbox One X is currently in. So it's going to require some reshuffling. Yeah, I've got a smaller shelf on top. It's a big one down the bottom, so it could be moved there. Um, I just have to remove the switch. It's going to get abandoned to the back of the TV, I think.
0: Well, you're not a guy who uses discs, are you? Not really. Well, then why don't you slap the uh, tower Xbox behind your TV instead? Or does it need to have like a place of pride?
1: Uh, Well, it needs a place of pride. This is probably going to be one of my most expensive items. I imagine it's going to be expensive. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, there's not that much space there either. I think the, uh, the vent on top, if it lights up green, that might look cool. Uh, so maybe it'll slot in nicely, but we'll see. I think you need to have one to really gauge, uh, what it's like. I think, uh, just from that one image, it kind of threw some people off, but yeah, just cause it's different. So we'll see.
0: And you're right. Um, the top is like a concave, um, like meshy kind of texture and that's where like the console's primary fan will be pushing all the hot air up um, to avoid a red ring of death Um, and it does have a green glow that theoretically kind of starts at least you know, turning on, maybe pulsating or whatever as you turn on the console um, which is kind of cool but I also hope you can turn that off. I hope there's a setting somewhere that you can just I don't need that to happen uh, I think, yeah. And I'm not sure where I'm going to put mine, to be honest. Like upstairs, downstairs in our living room, there's a very aerated TV stand. So if it goes on its side there, I'll just go to the left and it's not a big deal. I'm kind of debating if I put it behind the TV, like I was telling you to, you know, like just depending on how much air is being blown out or up. Um, but then when I'm in my office where I'm recording from, like every little place where I'd put a console is too small and too kind of walled off where I've had to take my Xbox One X and put it on top of something just because it was overheating because the air wasn't, you know, it was like kind of shooting out of the console and like hitting a wall and kind of just bouncing back at the console. So I think that's more of a a first world problem than something that Microsoft needs to be responsible for. But it's interesting. I do think I feel like I'm babbling.
1: I think they didn't think about this because the main thing people have talked about is it's not going to fit under my TV. And it seems like they didn't consider that. I mean, they came out and said straight away, you can put it horizontal. It's fine. But yeah, I've never heard people talk so much about a new console saying, where am I going to put it? Uh, so, yeah, but I am very glad they've gone, as you said, they've got the vent at the top. Apparently, it's very quiet, the same as the Xbox One X. Um, we don't want either a Red Ring of Death situation and we don't want a giant power brick like the Xbox One had, but we also don't yeah. want the massive fans that the PS4 has where it sounds like it's about to take off if you play a slightly intensive game. So I'm glad they've gone for functionality more so than form. It just kind of is meant to slot away. You don't pay it that much attention and it works well, hopefully. So... I'm yeah. glad that gone that way, because that's what I want now.
0: And we'll get to performance and specs in a second, but I guess we sort of need to dip into that, because this is four times more powerful than an Xbox One X. So basically, it's a small computer, <laughs> and yeah. I, I think Microsoft has done a good job of kind of taking all the stuff that you need to deliver something that will uh, perform as well as this does, but it's also, like, relatively small and relatively pleasing looking it doesn't look like a giant computer tower as an example um but it's kind of getting to that weird trade off where if we want it to be as powerful as we do and like I do personally I want I want something that it looks amazing and maybe will last a couple of years like it's where do you where's the trade off like it, it's it's fairly large but it needs to be that large because of all the stuff that's packed in and I'm sure like the the power brick isn't an external one it's in there too so there's a lot of components in there that are doing a lot. So I, like, I think it's relatively small for what it is, but I do understand I think, uh, all the issues. I feel like I'm
1: yeah, going we'll to see. It's one of those things where looking at an image like that, it's, it's really hard to gauge, even though they've used the controller as your reference point, it's still hard to know what it's actually going to look like. So we need to see one properly. Uh, as is quite common, we should mention when a console is first revealed, often the final version is slightly different or there's been some tweaks. So, uh, you know, it could still look different. Uh, this is a year Definitely. out still, so they'd still be working on it. um You know it'd be amazing if they said, "Look at the white one or something," and people all of a sudden change their mind so uh, yeah, we'll just see what they come up with
0: and I guess using a controller to explain its size is also a little bit deceptive because alongside the Xbox series, x is a newly designed controller, which is a little bit smaller um than what we're used to um so Microsoft said that the current Xbox One controller gets about a 95% approval rating. The new uh, Xbox Series X controller gets a 98% approval rating from people just because it's a little bit smaller and shaped to fit smaller hands uh, more comfortably. So, like, I don't imagine it's going to be a lot smaller, but it is a different size, which is kind of cool. Um, that's all well and good, but I think that the biggest addition to the controller is something that you have long been an advocate of, Ben.
1: Yes. Uh, well, there's I'll let you a take it. I button. want you to take this. Uh, <laughs> I've been telling Microsoft for years. They just have been ignoring it. They've kind of been... Uh, it's no secret that Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all copy each other. They, you know, someone comes up with a good idea, the others take it. But for whatever reason, Xbox has just been so delayed on this, thinking that the share fad is going to pass. Uh, they finally admitted it hasn't. They've added one in. Uh, and that leaves us with the Elite Series 2 without one. So, I think you, like me, a lot of people bought one now because they said, you know, this will work with Scarlet. You can buy it now. Uh, and we're missing the share button. So, that's actually... It's actually disappointed me more than anything. They've finally done it after I already got my next-gen controller. So, I'm not going to use that box one. Very annoying. Yeah.
0: And... As part of that, I guess they've, they've confirmed that uh, all the Xbox One peripherals that exist now will work with the Series X, so your Elite mm. Series 2 obviously will work, so will any other controller you have lying about the house. Um, but yeah, like I'll end up using my wireless controller, my Elite wireless controller with the Series X, but I will be missing that dedicated share button, because I use that share button, or the share functionality, I should say, oh, all wow. the time.
1: Well, they could fix it. So the Elite Series 2 does have a button where the share button is, and it's for changing between the three profiles. So I don't see why they couldn't give you an option in the Xbox Accessories app to say, I want this to now be a share button. And maybe you have to hold down the home button and press that to toggle between profiles or something instead. So it could be fixed. Whether or not they do that, it's a bit of a last minute change, but I think that would fix it enough for me. Oh, yeah, and I don't
0: use the profile button at all. Like, I don't have... I have one profile. And if I change up, you know, like, controller settings, it's in a game for good. It's not different configurations, so... So Hopefully... Yeah. Um, The other change that they've made to the wireless controller is it uses the kind of satellite hybrid D-pad that looks like a satellite dish rather than just the traditional D-pad that we've seen on the 360 and the One controller. Um, Which I kind of like better anyway. I don't know if it's a huge change, but it is something that's different.
1: Yeah, I don't like that. I use the regular D-pad in my Elite. I don't like the Satellite one, so uh, I'm not going to use this controller anyway. But yeah, I'm not a fan of that.
0: There you go. Um, The backwards compatibility. They've said that the peripherals on Xbox One work alongside thousands of your favorite games across four generations of gaming. um, Which is good It'll probably mean all the Xbox One games will work. It'll mean all the 360 games that are currently supported will work, and the same thing for the original Xbox, which makes me sad because I, for some reason, broke down and spent ten bucks and bought a disc for the original Xbox Buffy the Vampire Slayer game, which I do not think will work on Xbox Series X. But that's my problem, and no one else's. I do not
1: happens. think it will work either. So,
0: although I could go and spend fifty bucks, not happening. I could spend 50 bucks buy an Xbox 360, and then have a backwards compatibility machine for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is not important. Um, The performance-wise, like I don't want to get into too many spec things, because I don't really care about specs, but like I said, um, it's about four times more powerful than the Xbox One X, uh, at 12 teraflops, because we love talking in teraflops. It's a lot Um, of flops. And to quote... It's a lot of flops. To quote uh, Microsoft... Uh, From a technical standpoint, I can read, this will manifest as world-class visuals at 4K at 60 frames per second, uh, with the possibility of up to 120 frames per second, with a whole bunch of other stuff, including support for 8K uh, and ray tracing and other neat things that make it more of like a PC, like we were saying, than a console that we're used to playing with, at least. Yeah. I like that they mentioned that 8K is there, but I like that they don't really care about it so much, like they're kind of aiming for 4k at 60 frames for most games um i would much prefer 1080p at 120 frames i think the older i get like i don't see a lot of super 4k detail at least on the screen in front of me here like my little gaming monitor and the more frame rate increases i see i actually notice and appreciate not that i'm worried about like twitch reactions and stuff and you know like getting in extra shots or whatever i just think it looks smoother and i enjoy that more than crisper if that makes sense i don't know if you have a preference now ben
1: i think it'll be the same as what the xbox one x does now where you get to choose do you want to have a higher frame rate or higher resolution in a lot of games uh, but 4k 60 frames is pretty much what i want i think if it can do that for a lot of things i think that's a sweet point um and i think as you said with 8k I think it's going to be like the PS4 Pro is a 4K console. Technically, yes, but it has a handful of games, small little games that can run native 4K, but barely nothing. Um, I think it will be the same with 8K. So, And you can tell by how much I speak about it now. They don't really care about that. But they just have to say it's there because otherwise PlayStation will come out saying, 8K, we're stronger, we're more powerful. So they do not want to make that mistake like they did with the Xbox One. Um, and I think they're very cautious about wanting to be the most powerful console. So... I'd be surprised if the PS5 came out now and was more powerful.
0: Agreed. Um, And I guess we don't have much else on the Series X right now. We did have the announcement of a new game. uh, The first game from Ninja Theory that started as a uh, Microsoft-owned project. I know Bleeding Edge is there, but that started before the acquisition. Uh, It's a sequel to uh hellblade called senua's saga hellblade 2 and we saw a little bit of a a preview with um in-game footage rendered on the xbox series x Mm. it just looked like a bunch of people screaming like i'm not super i'm like i liked hellblade i'm not just like super excited about the sequel to be honest i'd be more excited to see some like halo i think on it but whatever that's just me
1: i don't think they wanted to waste that halo at the game awards they probably will get that soon i think um but yeah, so it has kicked off. The we're in new generation territory because at the start of a gen or just before it comes out, there's always these trailers which are you know in-game footage. They always say that, but it's never gameplay. So this is not what the game's going to look like. It's what a cinematic in the game may look like. Uh, and they, I don't know why developers and publishers always do this when they market a game. They say, look at this in-game footage. It's so amazing, but it's not the game. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, that's just what happened at the start of a generation. So it's begun.
0: Yeah, and we got the same kind of thing at the Game Awards with that um, Godfall, which is a Gearbox Publishing published game uh, announced for PS5, and it was the same kind of thing like, ooh, this is in-game footage on PS5, and it just looked like a cinematic too, so get ready for that, guys. The hype is real.
1: It is, and it's led us to what is this thing going to cost, because I think we're getting a pretty expensive generation is what I would suggest. Uh, so the PS5, I think, or PS4, I should say, was, I think, 550 when it launched and the Xbox One was 600 if I recall, um, because it had Connect with it. Yeah. Uh, but we that was 2013 when the Australian dollar was much stronger. So I think we have to account for that and we have to account for this is a pretty big step up. I think this is much closer to more powerful PC tech than what we've had from previous consoles. It's not as far off as a high-end PC. So... Uh, I would say probably in the seven to eight hundred range is what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm almost tempted to say like straight up a thousand bucks and set your expectations there. And if it's a little bit cheaper, you'll maybe feel a little bit happier about it. It it seems like it's going to be expensive. Mm. Um, but like, is that too expensive? It's that weird dance of does Microsoft and does Sony take a bit of a hit and just kind of like take a loss for a little bit. And uh, like, especially in Microsoft's case, they've got this crazy schedule with all these first party games coming out like month on month on month. Like if you knock the price of your console down a bit and hope that the attach rate goes up a bit, like you recoup some costs, eventually the cost of the console will come down anyway. If you start strong, like Sony did with the PS4, like, you know, theoretically you have a long tail of sales. Like I, I don't know enough about that side of things to accurately gauge where price is going to come in, but I think it's going to be more expensive than most of us would like. I think so,
1: but I'm also happy to pay that. Like I I prefer a more powerful console now that's going to last a few years if we're talking about the difference between a hundred bucks at launch. Um, I know that's a lot for some people planning ahead, but I'd prefer to just pay more, get a better console now. And I think that's why they're going to do the cheaper model because they know that this is going to be expensive. So they want to have that secondary option to say, hey, if you want to get into Game Pass, there's another cheaper option. Um, which is, you know, 30% cheaper or something. So I think that's a good strategy. Yeah, for sure. And Xbox has the advantage of they could pack in, you know, each console comes with a 3 months Game Pass Ultimate. Um, so you can buy the console. You get Halo Infinite. You get Forza 8, whatever we get. You get all these launch games from Microsoft plus the whole Xbox One back catalog. You don't have to buy anything. You can just buy the console. So I think that is a big marketing hook for them, and I, I think they should
0: do that. Yeah, well, and like you, uh, so expertly got us to talk to Phil about, good sentence, Steve, um, at London, X019, um, they also wrote in the Xbox Series X, uh, little Xbox One, Xbox Wire, there's too many Xbox names. What am I trying to say then? In the Xbox Wire post about the Series X, they did reiterate again that your cross generations entitlements will come across. And I said, starting with Halo Infinite, so, like we asked, if you buy Halo Infinite on Xbox One, you'll get it on Series X. You'll get your achievements coming through. Your saves should come through. So that's a that lovely like continuity of your experience, which is also, I think, a really big selling point of well, this transition. You know, and and it means that if it is expensive and you can't afford a Series X straight off the bat, <clears throat> you can buy Halo Infinite. You can play it as far as you want. You know, if you then can save enough money to get infinite or not infinite series x you upgrade your console and you don't have to buy new games and if you have game pass all that stuff flows through as well so i think it's going to be a weird very different transition between the generations that we haven't really seen before at least on the xbox side where obviously the older console will be supported for my or by microsoft for a little while but i think it's going to be supported for a longer period of time because the Xbox One, especially the Xbox One X, will be almost like the third tier of Xbox. Like, you know, you have the high Series X, you have the maybe the cheaper one, the Series S if it comes out, which is, you know, still pretty good, but a little less powerful, a little less uh, money to purchase. And then you have like the One X, which can do most of these things. It can play a lot of games um, and it's, you know, even cheaper to buy. I don't know. I feel like I'm talking up my butt.
1: No, I think so. Please save me from my I rambling. I think they're going to do that. They're going to do the tier system. Uh, and I think you're right. They are setting us up for having more regular hardware. Um, so your entitlements are going to just be Xbox from here on forward. It doesn't matter. The same as a PC. You know, you buy a game on PC, you can play on any PC. Um so that's what we're moving towards, I think. And it is going to be, you know, this might be an eight $900 console to buy at launch, but there's going to be another one in a few years and a few years after that. And I think the generation cycle that we've had is going to be blurred even more. So it started with the oh, PS4 yeah. Pro and the One X um, kind of refreshing mid-gen. I think that's going to become the norm. We're just going to have constant new hardware. Um, so on the digital side, yeah, it's all just becoming one profile. And I think consumer-wise, it's much friendlier. Uh, as we already found out, yeah. by by having all that stuff, no matter which platform you play on, so I think that's really good.
0: Do you think we're going to see a slight name change come holiday twenty twenty? We'll have the Xbox Series X, maybe the Series S, and then the Series One, which is the bottom of the pile, just yeah, to make possibly. it easier for the grandmas and things to understand what's going on. I think it makes sense, like with this whole naming convention thing.
1: Yeah, well, there's two options. I think we're going to have the Series X and Series S, or they're both going to be called Series X and have another subtitle. You know, it's going to be Series X, Anaconda, whatever that gets called, and Series X Lockhart, whatever that becomes. Um, They may both be part of that. I don't know. Or as you said, they might be, yeah, Series 1, Series S, Series X. Could go either way. Um, But yeah, I think you're right. I think they'll tighten up the Xbox One branding.
0: Cool. Oh, I don't know much else to say. I'm excited. Um, I was not expecting this reveal, especially from the Game Awards. If I'm being very yeah, honest, it was um, an odd platform. And it's a good thing that we talked about all the naming convention stuff. Uh, a couple of days before the reveal, just like very serendip- very serendipitously. Um, so well, now what did Bill yeah, tell you? He told you
1: that the name would be based on the functionality. So, can you now explain to me how? Series X explains the functionality.
0: Well, I can't, um, <laughs> but I'm going to go. I'm clicking frantically now to to get that uh, direct quote coming up. So I asked him while I'm stilling for time if, you know, Xbox 360, Xbox One, that made it difficult to name the next Xbox, especially when we're thinking about Sony and PS1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, and he said it wasn't hard. It hasn't made it hard. Uh, that was the quote. It hasn't. Uh Direct quote coming up again. Our naming convention has been around what we think the capabilities are. And then he went and detailed what the other Xboxes were named and and why. Xbox 360 was about the entertainment experience around the box and the box being in the center of that entertainment experience. Xbox One, if you remember remember our branding early on, was always on input all in one. Those names were really built around the purpose of the box. Uh, I don't feel like I need to follow in their footsteps because they're self-contained. So... He did explain why 360 and 1 were called the things that they were. Um, I don't understand how the naming convention based on the capabilities Series X makes any sense, but it might make sense when we have more series coming out. The X is the the powerhouse. The S is the, the slightly less powerful one. It sort of makes sense and it sort of doesn't. I think I'm trying to Connect some dots where they might not be connectable. That might and be the, that might be it. Phil. the
1: The functionality is that there's several options now, so it's it's a series of consoles as opposed to just the one that we've had up until now, pretty much. So you get to choose the same way you do with a phone or with a laptop. Uh, that yeah. may be it. Um,
0: and we did, we just have to kind of assume that X means the best.
1: Yeah, well, that S means establish that best. already. I do think that's still confusing yeah. for parents. Like Xbox One S, Xbox One X is. Uh, I mean, we know that, but we're too close to it. I, I've always thought that's not great branding. It's just not distinct enough. So, but evidently it does work. I suppose uh, the price tags has a lot more than the name of the console for the ultimate consumer. So that's probably their main selling point. It doesn't really yeah. matter what it's called.
0: Well, I don't know. It's better than Xbox Scarlet, I guess, or Xbox Anaconda or Lockhart, which are just cool names that don't really mean much either. So, yeah, I think... Xbox shot itself in the foot with the 360, and they're just trying to make it all make sense. And I think if they go to the SX kind of thing, it will make sense. It's just going to be that transitionatory thing where um, they're really going to have to lean on their marketers to ensure that people understand which is which.
1: I think that's what they've it's given not, us. not like, uh, yeah. unattainable. Yeah. They've given us a year's heads up, but yeah. I think we'll get used to it. It's not as bad as Wii U. Um, I think they'll, they'll sell it a lot better than that, so... Yeah, I think I think it'll be fine. We've got a year to get used to it. Uh, and we've got a year to be excited, really, because it's, it's kind of beginning now. You know, we've known about new consoles for a while. We've known they were likely to come out next year. But now we've seen one. It's got a name. Uh, now it's real. So, uh, yeah, we're in that transition period where the final year of a, a life cycle is often when a bunch of good games come out. But really, we're just waiting for the new one. So uh, you can officially get excited now. It's happening.
0: Well, it'll make E3 interesting and maybe anticlimactic? I don't know. Like, I was assuming that we'd see the name and the form factor at E3. And we have both those things now. And I guess I was assuming the same thing from the PS5. Like, obviously we know what it's going to be called, but I think I thought we were going to see what the PS5 looked like at E3. And I guess that's dependent on Sony being there or not, but that's another story. <laughs> like... Sony might may still release the imagery of the PS5 in June, but like, what's? I guess Microsoft is just gonna focus on games and experiences.
1: Well, I think that's what they need to do in the holiday. They need to. Yeah, Sony's already got this stable of first class games that they can just say, "Look at these. This is the first party lineup here." Um, Xbox has been struggling for a while. They've been buying up studios, so I think Phil knows that. you know, Xbox does have its reputation back. I think they got it with the One X that it's the most powerful console, so they need to maintain that. But more importantly, they need to say, look at these games you can only get on Xbox and Windows 10. So that's his focus at E3, I think. And, of course, the price. E3 has always been the place where someone walks in on stage and just says 399 or whatever. Uh, that's always happened with consoles, so I think we'll have the battle of the prices, and I think um, PlayStation will probably show off their form factor before E3 because Sony is not a fan of E3, so... Uh, at least in last year, they weren't. Yeah. So I don't think they'll show their console there. I think they'll do it on their own thing beforehand. Uh, and we'll we'll know before we go in.
0: Interesting times. And before that, Resident Evil 3 in April. And I'm super pumped for it. Um, but that has nothing to do with Xbox One or Xbox Series X. So uh, I'll shut up now. Anything you wanted to say before we uh, wrap it up?
1: No, that's about it. I think we've pretty much covered every little thing we can. Um, I think... Microsoft threw some people off with an unexpected design and a a very um, functional name, I think, in the end. But they've pretty much said everything you want. They've said, we've got game development, we've got a powerful console, all your old accessories work, all your games are coming with you. It's all one ecosystem now. So uh, they said everything I wanted them to say about it. Um, And now, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, me too. Well, uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you not on a podcast, Ben, but um, thank you for another splendid year. 2019 was crazy amazing.
1: Very busy, uh, and we've signed and- up with the Game Awards. That was our last major thing, really, as a uh, judge, basically. So, yeah, the end yeah. of our year.
0: Well, Survivor's uh, Game of the Year Awards continue until the literal end of the year and the decade. Um, and the results are going to be slightly different than that of the Game Awards, uh, let's just say. But uh, it should be good. It'll be fun. Thank you for another amazing year and people who are listening as well, of course. And um, be safe during the holiday season and have a really good time and rest up. And uh, we'll see you in we'll see you 2020. Play
1: some good games. That's what we can end with, really. it's a, It's a good time to get into one of those games you haven't played yet.
0: Or that giant stack of the games you haven't played yet. Yeah, either or. massive backlog. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. And I forgot to hit stop, so I'm going to hit stop now. Ta-da! I was a rambler.